lines in the sand are being drawn. Man against man. Man against God. The final act is about to come into play as revolutionaries side with the devil in the hopes of staying out of his path. In the end, there will be only one victor, and he has already won. Whose side are you on? It's time to awaken the spirit within. Unleash him to his full potential. We will show you how. And then you could just see panic setting in with the people who are around you, where they're looking around, recognizing that all this is, and hearing this explosion. Everything in my sight is completely gone. It reminds me when I drove through Joplin, Missouri to go see my parents, where the heart of that F5 gets. This is exactly what I'm looking at right now. So far, no explanation of what happened here, but it really got the attention of a lot of people, even as far away as Ben Salem, reporting that they felt that their homes were shaking. Police radio have received a lot of Calls. The police have received calls. Waking the Fury. You can tell that we are getting to a place spiritually where God is going to have to intervene. I mean, people's heels are dug in. And there's a stubbornness in the air. There is a rejection of immortality that has become absolutely toxic. People have convinced themselves that it ends here. After this, there is no other anything. It just ends here. It ends when I die. Which, of course, is leading to places such as how do I conquer mortality? Let me ask a question today. If you're an evolutionist, I have been dying to ask this to an evolutionist, but outside of the internet, they never make themselves known. Never. It just, it flat doesn't happen. The internet has brought us anonymity, pardon for my uh, mispronunciation of that word, I struggle with it a lot. But it's given us the ability to be anonymous so that we can just shoot our mouths off. And in the last 20 years, most human beings have taken advantage of that fact. Arguing, protesting, and it has been used to quash people of faith by simply, I'm the loudest voice in the room, so be quiet.
This is the fight part two. Here's the question I want to ask evolutionists. Now, evolutionists, I don't know what the number is, but it's millions. It's way beyond what the Bible tells us. And for those Christians that, that say, well, we don't, you know, we don't uh, really know. I mean, uh, a day is a thousand years for God. So that makes it 7,000 years. Let's say the earth was created in 7,000 years. It's still not 50 million. So that argument doesn't really combine evolution with creationism. And frankly, I don't really agree with anybody that says that the Bible is really speaking in secret codes that we can't understand because it makes the whole thing pointless to read. I believe God understood what kind of simple minds he was dealing with because uh, uh, he, con- he created them. So he understood and put it in human terms that humans would understand. And only a human could take something as simple as seven days and turn it into a complex algorithm that just confuses people even more. So let's say the evolutionist's number is 52 million years. I don't know what it is, and I really don't want to hear emails from people saying, oh, you got it completely wrong. It doesn't matter. 52 million, 52 billion. What's it matter? Here we are, 52 billion years later, and we still freaking die. How is that even scientifically possible? It seems to me that evolution evolves... The whole theory of evolution is eventually you evolve to the next level, except we haven't evolved from this level. We still die. It seems that evolution would have solved this problem. Now, you've got the other folks there. Well, you know, we've turned into a virus at this point, and so the Earth's just going to wipe us out. No, we're going to wipe ourselves out. We're going to wipe ourselves out because we fight constantly with everybody. We fight with the neighbors. We fight with other countries. We fight with our politicians. We fight with our own family. And eventually, you get pushed to the brink and someone has to die. Now, I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about people as a group. Eventually, you get pushed to the brink and someone has to die. Okay, you know, six, seven thousand years of humanity has showed us this. Recorded history has showed us this. Here we are, we can still die. And I don't mean, I think we'll always be able to kill each other. I don't think that's ever going to change because we're, we're swine. We're absolutely scum. We have, we have black hearts and that's the way it is. That's our nature. But we still get taken out by disease. Microorganisms we can't even see without the aid of a specialized piece of equipment. Really, this is, this is the best evolution can do. And so because we die, man figures out a way to capitalize on the 70 some odd years he has to make his life as awesome as it can be. And by awesome, I mean sex, drugs, and rock and roll, particularly sex and drugs um, and money, 
that have money and toys because we're that, we're that empty inside that that's all we can aspire to. Look around. Look around your office. The people that work in your office, there are some good people, but there's a whole lot of bad people, okay? Today's office environment is run mostly by fear, mostly by make those numbers or we'll let you go. I've watched people get walked out of their office two weeks before retirement in states that have what they, uh, have what they call a no-fault clause. So here's another ugly part of humanity. A politician actually enacted and got voted in, into action a clause that says this exactly. You can fire somebody without any recourse on their part. They can't sue. They can't do anything. You don't even have to give a reason. You can just fire them. Oh, why? Because the guy at the top wants more luxury. Because he only gets about 75 years, so if he axes one more person at the bottom, he gets to live a little bit more comfortably. Now, this isn't theoretical. This is how it is. This is how people act now. Evolution has brought us here. This is the best nature can do. A completely corrupted race that kills its own, that tortures animals, and I don't mean killing for meat, I mean, you know, videos of a woman with a heel crushing a puppy's skull under her heel. Don't look it up. You don't want to see it, but I have, and it's ugly. This is what evolution has brought us. This is the brilliant theory of Darwinian genius that... In billions of years, the earth has evolved over and over and over again, eventually spawned humans, and this is the pinnacle of definitely not perfection. Because look what we do with it. You can't even drive in traffic without seeing somebody's complete and total dark side. But this quote-unquote science is how people justify their very existence. Well, some people have a spiritual aspect. They think, well, I might be a ghost or maybe I get reincarnated. Anything but God. Do not bring the Judeo-Christian God into it. Anything but that. I'd rather be a ghost haunting a library than believe there's a God. Because the minute there's a God, all the bad crap I've done in my life, I suddenly have to be accountable for. And that's uncomfortable territory. And that's what the, the, the atheist fight is all about. It has to do with God will hold me accountable, so I'm just deleting him. And not only am I going to delete him, I'm going to figure out some really amazing arguments as to why he cannot possibly exist. Now, the accusation, of course, is that I can't prove God exists, but for the same exact reasons that group cannot prove that he doesn't exist. So what you have is a spiritual stalemate. So atheists walk around with this idea that once they take the dirt nap, it's it. It's not a nap, it's permanent. So do everything you can and make your life ultimate, even if you have to crush other people below you. 
If you have to crap on your own neighbor, that's okay. Because the ends justify the means. And the spirit of atheism is growing by leaps and bounds. Our society is making longer and longer strides towards incriminating acts of faith. I got uh, recently into a discussion with a woman who was once a Christian and now rejects God. And she's very angry. That's, that's something I don't understand. These people are supposedly freer than I am, and they're all unbelievably angry. It's, it's, it's volatile. You light a match near it, it's going to go up. I mean, it's, it's bad. All these people that are supposedly freer than I am. What a lie that is. They're so angry. Well, how can you be angry if you're free? If you've found the answer, if you know what it is, and you don't have any regrets anymore, great. Stop being pissed off at me. I didn't do anything. Let me do my thing and leave me alone. Look, I'm not going to preach at you, okay? There's a scripture about tossing pearls before swine. I don't do that. If I talk to somebody and they reject my message, I move on. I don't argue anymore. I had my time in my 20s when I was rebellious and thought I could change the world. And believe me, millennials, it's a losing battle, okay? If you change the world... It will not be for the better because if you try to change the world the right way, the resistance should make it damn near impossible. If you find that you've got a clear path and things are going ultimately the way you want them to, slow down. Because if you're doing the right thing, the world will oppose you. So... Let's just say 75 automatically, you're dead. This is amazing to me. You see, when I pass away, death is only the beginning. And this is a powerful statement that I think atheists have better freaking pay attention to. And politicians that are anti-Christian better pay attention to. And people who are anti-God had better pay attention to. When I die, and you can quote me on this, death is only the beginning. I don't mean I'm going to come back and haunt you. I don't believe in that stuff. Um, I move on to the next level. I level up. And when I level up, I've got to answer to a higher power. Now, this is where atheism falls flat. And the fact that I even have to point this out is pitiful. But this is where atheism falls flat. Atheism says their proof that there is no God is because children get raped. Starvation is a problem. By the way, things they've conveniently not fixed even though it's completely within their power to take people down a few notches so we get closer, they don't do it. Because, you know, Monday Night Football is on. But I digress. If there was a God, he'd make sure that people had food. He'd make sure that children weren't raped. He'd make sure there wasn't mass genocide. People like that nut job in North Korea would not exist. And on and on and on it goes. What they fail every time 
to recognize is when you walk away from God, you become Kim Jong-un from North Korea. You become the child rapist. You become the mass genocide perpetrator. You become the dictator that fills mass graves. Yes, you even become Lenin and Stalin. Because now you're an atheist. Now the ends justify the means. You've walked away the only thing that was keeping you accountable and living by any kind of moral compass because read the Bible, God says, don't do certain things, okay? He's got a list of, of things that are destructive behavior, not just to you or not just to other people, but to you as well. And you said, F that. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing what I want to do. Now, maybe for you, that just means you have lots of sex. Maybe you try a few drugs, you know, and, and that's fine. But for somebody else, that means I want to see what it looks like when someone dies. And atheists never take that into consideration. They don't take it into consideration because they're spiritually bankrupt. You can't have an aha moment that says, hey, wait a minute, I walk away from God. That means somebody like Kim Jong-un can walk away from God. In fact, not only did he walk away from God, he told his whole country, if you have anything to do with God, you'll be dead as a doornail. Because he doesn't understand immortality because he rejected it. So the body count gets higher. But that's okay, right? Atheism, that, that's totally fine. Because we can pin that on God. We can't pin that on you. That was your decision or somebody like you who had a more extreme dark side that just said, eh, God doesn't exist because if I walk away from him, he won't stop me. Do you have any inkling? Do you have any understanding of what happens if God steps in? You think Joseph Stalin had a high body count? <laughs> just wait. I remember Dr. Adrian Rogers, God rest his soul, he's, uh, he's with the Lord now, said that he was, this is one of my favorite quotes by him, he said that God created the world with words. Let there be light. Let there be land, etc. And he said, but here's the thing. If he's so powerful that he can do that with words, what do you think is going to happen at the Battle of Armageddon, in the Valley of Megiddo, when all the atheists, and it will be atheists, actually get it in their head, which this, by the way, is brilliant because it suggests they will have a moment where they realize God actually is real. But instead of now denying his existence, they're going to go into the, the Battle of Armageddon thinking they can defeat him. And they're going to bring nukes. Maybe lasers, I don't know, depends on how far down the road it is. Nukes, heavy artillery, you know, chemical and biological warfare. They're going to take everything they have and throw it at the board. Thinking, something's got to kill them. Because arrogance. And God isn't going to shoot lightning. God isn't going to create fire. As they're charging at him, he's just going to look at them and say, drop dead. And the whole valley is going to drop dead. Boom. Done. 
I'm not afraid to stand and be counted. I've done it for 44 years. I've had places where I've backslidden. But one thing that the non-believing world has never been able to convince me is that their explanation is better than mine. If I'm right and God is simply withholding his wrath, it makes a whole lot more sense. It makes me feel a whole lot better than, well, this is the best nature could do, folks. This is what we get. This is the evolution process. We devour our own. We slaughter entire ethnic groups. In the name of false religions, we behead other people because they don't believe the same way. Not once in the New Testament has that given as an example. Not once. The Old Testament was an illustration. God gave those people hundreds of rules. And then allowed them to fail over and over again. From the Garden of Eden all the way in. And then, about the time it looked the most bleak, he sent his son. And his son says, you can't do it. You're fallen. You can't follow rules. You're always going to stop short. King David, man. King David couldn't do it. And he's one of the most hailed heroes of the Old Testament. He couldn't do it. Bathsheba just looked too good in the nude. Yes, she was nude. <laughs> Samson couldn't do it, and he had unlimited strength. Nobody could do it. The Israelites would have 50 years of greatness as long as they followed God. But then they saw that statue and were like, at least we could see that. Next thing you know, they're being carted off to Babylon. And then Jesus came. And he said, the reason you're failing is because you're trying to accomplish an impossible task. Accept my gift of salvation and forgiveness and everything else will fall into line. You'll stop this mad, vicious circle that you've been stuck in. People always like to quote the Old Testament as to why God is a fraud. Because they don't fully understand what the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is to begin with. They don't understand that it's literally trial and error. That the point of the Old Testament is to illustrate what Jesus brings as a gift in the New Testament. You look back on everything that went on in the Old Testament and how much of a struggle it was and how difficult it was to follow. Who's sending women to outside the city limits during their menstrual cycle? Holy crap on a crutch. Nobody's doing that. But they had to because it was there in Leviticus. Men weren't supposed to shave their beards. You're not eat, supposed to eat pig. There are some Christian religions that still won't eat pig even though it's epic. By the way, pig, the only meat that doesn't cause me stomach issues. <laughs> Take that, Leviticus. And some of those laws were conditional to the time and our technology. They were instituted because, hello, pig, trichinosis, who wants that? 
And atheists love to bring that up. Well, look at the Old Testament. God committed genocide. I always tell them, try to make that argument using only the New Testament. And they get mad. They get mad. Well, no, it's not in the New Testament. It's in the Old Testament. Ah, oh, you almost get it. You almost get it. It's right there in the New Testament. Why is all this stuff suddenly not here? Why doesn't Jesus mention, hey, you know, she's, uh, she needs to leave the city limits and you need to regrow your bit? He never mentions any of that stuff. Why? Because he is fulfillment of the law. Follow Christ, and the law is fulfilled. Then you go into the book of Acts, and they build on that. Look, no illicit sex, okay? No stealing, no murdering. This is obvious. But let's not burden the Gentiles with the laws that put a yoke on our necks for so long. This is in the book of Acts. So all that stuff about your beard? Gentiles weren't part of the Jewish community. Those were Jewish laws. They had never been a part of that faith. And then you're going to bring them in and say, oh, and follow these 600 some odd laws or whatever the number was. I don't remember what the number was, I'll be honest. They're going, to, they're going to give up just like the Jewish people did. They're going to walk away unless somebody steps in and says, Look, I am the Lord and he is, uh, I'm in the Lord and he's in me. I'm telling you, follow me. I fulfilled the law. It's done. It's finished. The victory didn't happen in lieu of the cross. The victory happened because of the cross. People say, Well, I read the back of the book. We win. No, the ending's not in the back of the book. That's just the final act. The victory actually takes part in the middle at Golgotha. These are important things, man. The divide is that to you and me it should be obvious. Evolution, if, if it were true, has done an absolutely crappy job. And there's no hope for us. Eventually we will destroy ourselves. Because evolution, we were obviously experiment number one. We can't survive. Not like this. Not with the history that we know follows us. It's impossible. But if you believe in God and you believe in Christ, then you know you can succeed. Then you know that the end of the race is making it to the finish line and holding on to your faith with a death grip. Now, folks, we have a problem. We have a problem with the younger generation that both the boomers and Generation X have raised. Gen Y and Gen Z, millennials and Gen Z, and they are angry, and they are disenfranchised, and they're, they're uh, blaming, especially baby boomers, for every wrong thing that has ever happened. They're being taught by elitist professors at colleges to embrace ideologies that have killed people. 
They're not being taught, and my point of this is, they're not being taught to clutch the altar and to look to God. They're being taught that their brain can solve the problem. Even though in 10,000 years that has never been the case, this time it'll work. The people teaching and shaping their minds are doing so at an age when they are rebellious against their parents to begin with. And so it's easy to indoctrinate them in a new line of thinking. They come home and they are fundamentally transformed, argumentative, and angry. There's only one way out of this. We're going to have to completely give God the reins. The question is, are we strong enough to do so? Because we live in a time where the TV is on 24-7. We have a device in our hands 23-7. We are always entertained. Because of this entertainment, we are not focused on the cross. and We are not focused on kingdom work. And it's leading to our demise. The day is coming when they are going to hunt Christian like pheasant. Who knows, maybe it'll be a sport. Maybe people have stickers on their car. Christian hunting permit, no bag limit. We don't know how far ugly this will go. But Christians are going to get blamed based on lies based on a society that does not have any concept of who God is. We have to put down the entertainment. We have to put down the the, the tablets. And we have to get off of Facebook. Don't engage people on Facebook. You can't win. You can't. I've watched discussion turned into argument, into argument, into argument. On Facebook, it's always the same. Everybody thinks they're an expert because they have a keyboard in front of them. I honestly think that's what it is. People feel smarter when they're typing. They feel smarter when you can't see their face. That's why some profiles don't even have a picture of the person behind it. And they're going to shut you down cold because it's what they do. Oh, but Vince, the... The reach, the potential reach of Facebook, the internet, is a cesspool, folks. I'm not saying it's the devil's tool, and I'm not saying never use it. I'm not that guy. But I am saying Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, these people have set up shop. And they they run things by mob rules. If you want to witness to people, one person at a time. Don't go type a status message about something because the minute somebody has blowback and you answer everybody's watching they've got the popcorn out they want to see how hard you're going to fall sometimes even your own christian friends now let's see how he gets himself out of this one i speak from experience i did this for 20 years until i woke up and said i'm not going to waste my breath on these people anymore they've got the devil inside them influencing everything they do i can't get through to them so i'm not going to try anymore I'm going to tell them, hey, Jesus loves you. And if they curse me out, that's all they're hearing. I'm an introductory service. If they don't want to be introduced, who am I? I'm a human. I've got flesh and blood. I have done what the Bible has told me to do. I've witnessed. If I'm rejected, it's no longer my bad thing. 
But we got to start shaping minds with the word of God. We've got to shut down the world's message. Okay? Colleges are working overtime to get your kids to turn on their, uh, their, their spiritual beliefs, their traditional beliefs. They're rewriting history. They're trying to paint everybody that came before Gen X and Gen, or Gen, Gen Y and Gen Z as liars, people that wrote what they wanted in history books, not what actually happened, people that candy-coated over things. Yeah, because I was taught in school that the... Um, uh, the um, the thing with Germany was was just one giant birthday party, you know. I was I was taught that that was that was good times. Jewish people loved it. Are you kidding me? That's not what I was taught. But you'd think it, you know, with what's what colleges are teaching people, and that's tragic. God is going to have to fill the void. And either we start preaching the gospel like we're supposed to, or eventually he will do it. And billions will die when he does it. And I want to, full disclosure, I'm not saying pick up a gun and be the left hand of God. I'm saying God will do it himself. He won't raise up human beings to do this particular mission. When it's time to, to stop the stupidity and the madness and the giving in to de- the devil, he's going to do it himself. Like I said, drop dead. That's all he's going to have to do. We do not have to pick up guns. We do not have to pick up weapons. We do not have to build bombs. We don't have to shut down power stations. We don't have to do anarchy. It's not our call. We have to preach the gospel. We have to introduce people to the grand attorney, Jesus Christ. That's all we have to do. Anything beyond that, there's absolutely no instruction anywhere in the New Testament. The, the, the one scripture that people often reference to this, Jesus says the time is going to be sun to, uh, the, the time is going to come to sell your cloak and buy a sword. He's talking about defending yourself. In other words, you're being attacked. And there will become a time where you have to physically get into an altercation as a defense, but he doesn't say the time will come to buy a sword and then go out and kill people because they oppose me. He never says that. And anybody that tries to use that as a platform is lying to you. And this is why it's so important you know your Bible because you are going to get misled by some people and what they want is war. What they want is bloodshed and they want it on their own homeland. They want to see people die because they're so angry with everybody. That is not how we work. Our war is not with flesh and blood, but principalities of darkness. Pro tip, that's not human beings.